0: it's a damn tough life full of toil and strife we authors undergo but we don't give a damn when the gale is done how hard the winds do blow
1: for we live in style on our brilliant isle and of books we've a goodly pile so do yourself a favor grab a caramel wafer and sit with us for a while
0: Welcome to the Island of Brilliant,
1: the podcast that treasures everything that's brilliant in children's books.
0: Oh, that was a lovely shanty, Frank. Thank you very much well done. You've been working on that for a while, haven't you? I enjoyed it. How are you doing?
1: <laughs> that's the three thousandth draft of that shanty.
0: <laughs> you got there. I got in the end. there. That's all I was going to do it as a
1: cotillion, that's... then I was going to do it as a minuet, and finally, I've done it. as that. <sighs> Not a limerick. limerick.
0: (laughs) That's my uh, that's my poetry style of choice. (laughs) I do think, you know, years from now, when I die, I hope at my funeral someone does a limerick. (laughs) I think that would be quite funny. Everyone heads bowed. What would be the first line? There was a young, there was a young lady from Telford. (laughs) I don't know what rhymes with (laughs) Telford, but people can work on that and maybe send in their Nadi Shree limericks.
1: Well, that'd be great. Um, And it's a morbid morbid
0: beginning, isn't it? Sorry.
1: So do leave your limerick suggestions, do leave your (laughs) funereal limerick suggestions, (laughs) elegiac, obituary limericks uh, on on the other brilliant Twitter feed, please.
0: I think we need more of them. Um, (laughs) Frank, do you, sorry, dissolved into hysteria already. We've not even begun. Uh, have you been doing any reading? I have. He's long. I've been
1: doing a bit of comfort reading.
0: Oh, go on. Why? What's wrong? No,
1: it's just well <laughs> stuck on a desert island. You're stuck on an island with, with someone me. who's
0: people would pay good money <laughs> to be stuck on a desert <laughs> yeah, island. I stuck on me.
1: a desert island, trying to think of a rhyme for Telford, in case you you know, hmm. in case you're swept away by the tide, and I have to do your burial limerick, Melford, say the limerick over you, Belford. <laughs> I have been reading. Oh, that's quite moving. A collection of Joan Hmm. Aiken short stories, called A Small Pinch of Weather. Mm -hmm. And great title. There are magical Joan Aiken collections like Kingdom Under the Sea and Necklace of Raindrops, but this is the collection that's got some of the Armitage stories in. I don't know if you remember the Armitage stories.
0: I don't at all. But they're about
1: a kind of a posh family they're not that posh they're about a kind of middle-class family who live in a very suburban setup but where there is magic and i've been trying to think why they're so began it's because the armature are never in charge of the magic they none of them is a magician none of them has any magical powers oh, they're just stuff in the world <laughs> so there's a fantastic story where an uncle comes to stay very thick-skinned uncle who has come into possession of the apple of discord from the War of Troy (laughs) but he doesn't know that's what it is. (laughs) And the Furies the Furies camp on the doorstep and point at him and shout doom, doom you know and he doesn't notice but the Armitages do but they're also not bothered about it they're just like it's so inconvenient having these three women in black pointing and shouting doom on your doorstep.
0: That's I don't know these stories at all. They're
1: brilliant and it also contains Think what might be the most painfully romantic love story of all time, which is the cereal garden, which is just right. absolutely amazing. On the back of the cereal packet, the boy, one of the boys, finds um, a cutout. You know, you, you cut out, bend here, attach flap A to flap B, based on some yeah. botanical engravings from the eighteenth century. And he, it's an out of date cereal it's horrible they're called breakfast bricks they're like they're basically jarg wheatabix and he he constructs the garden and it oh, it's just so amazing because oh, it's just there's a there's a woman hidden in the garden who's had to hide oh, because gosh. of a kind of terrible love catastrophe and the boy works out that the love of her life might still be alive Oh, it's just I can't go on I'm tearing up
0: is it is it creepy it sounds quite creepy
1: it's not at all creepy it's really beautiful and and also it's Joan Aiken, so it's really funny as well you know Mm. she can do mm. funny like nobody's business it's proper magic
0: Mm. and are these illustrated because I know we've talked about the Jan Pankowski. yeah I think
1: these are also Jan Pinkowski. yeah but they're much simpler
0: can I borrow it then when you're finished thanks can have it forever for keeps.
1: You can have it for as long as you're trapped on this island with me. You can ha- have
0: it. See, it was all nice, and then you made <laughs> it horrible. <laughs> didn't you?
1: you can have it until the final limerick is spoken. Oh,
0: God. Wish I'd never, wish I'd never mentioned my funereal limerick. Um, can I tell you about what I've been reading, Frank?
1: Yes, please. i am agog to know.
0: I've been reading... <laughs> the sarcasm's no, really No, uh, I really in, want Frank. to know what you've been reading because I've sarcasm. heard you
1: chuckling and sighing in your hammock and I think, what's she chuckling and sighing about now?
0: Well, I've been reading a picture book called... It's by an author and illustrator called Richard Jones, who isn't someone... Well, I don't... I, I, I've heard of a book that he did called Perdue, um and this is called Where Have You Been Little Cat and it is it really caught my it's not it's new-ish that it came out last year. And it caught my eye because I think cute, the concept of cute or kind of what makes a cute character in picture books or an appealing character. I I think it's quite a tricky one because you can kind of tip over into saccharin or kind of generic images quite easily. And uh, Richard has not done that. He's just got such a strong visual style full of warmth and texture. And I'm going to... This is useless for our listeners, but Frank, I can show you. I can lean across to your hammock and show oh, gosh, you that's so the little cat. It's
1: so It's a gorgeous, gorgeous painting, isn't it? It's great lot of colour. and It's just beautiful.
0: Great blocks of colour. Lots of warm textures in how he paints. And um, the narrative is very simple. It's about uh, a small girl and her cat and it's we have a little cat when she wants to come in she taps on the front door she rushes past me so happy to be home again and i always ask her where have you been little cat and the rest of the book is the girl the, the text is the girl speaking so she says where did you go who did you meet uh, what did you see but the images are showing us and so the images are showing us the cats day, but in just such a charming way, you know, when it says, Who did you meet? There's like a whole gang of cats. You know, it's just it's just a really simple idea, beautifully rendered. What did you see? And she sees <laughs> she sees a load of cats pulling along a big ginger cat on like a throne. Wow. And they then proceed to they proceed to crown. This cat. So she's actually been to a cat coronation. <laughs> so like, what did you What did you hear? And there's a brilliant illustration of all these cats yowling as um, the king or queen cat is uh, is is uh, is coronated. A word.
1: Crowned is the word.
0: Coronated sounds
1: like it's a, a cookery sort of thing. It sounds process. like something you do to a pie, the edge of a pie.
0: <laughs> chlorinated. Oh, chlorinated. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, I've gone. I've, I've ruined it, haven't I? There's a not, but it's lovely. It's a lovely, gentle, simple book um, that kind of, in a gentle way, introduces concepts about you know sense and emotion, uh, but all via this little cat going out, having her adventures, and coming home again. Um, but also
1: like that idea that it's about someone having a very different life from the one that you see. You know that the, the cat yeah. has a different world. Like in like, do you know that? Um, hosie simmons book famous fred where the cat dies and it out like, i don't know
0: that one
1: oh, their cat dies and it turns out like he's like the most famous Spoiler. cat in the world no it's not on page oh, two really? they're informed that they're going to bury their cat <laughs> and another okay. cat comes up and goes you can't bury him in the backyard that's that's cat <laughs> elvis <laughs> oh really
0: this Sounds amazing, yeah, it's really good,
1: it's brilliant. She's so fantastic. Well, I'm
0: a cat, I don't know if you're a cat person, I have two cats, and I do wonder what they get up to when they're out and about, and I think everyone does. So, this is well, now a that really you're trapped on an island, book.
1: your cats are having massive cat parties in the house with well, cat elves. a great yeah. time,
0: they've got the run of the place. So, there's also a book by Bruce Inman called When Martha's Away that I'm that I think is kind of along a similar bent. Do you know that one, yes?
1: Frank? I do remember that. That's really great story
0: okay well anyway that's it for cat picture books today that's cat picture Puts. oh now.
1: small Pinch weather was illustrated by Pat Marriott I've just looked in the front yes it was Pat Marriott not cat you've picture. just looked in where front sorry of the on book, the book with the, where the right. illustrator's name is oh
0: okay for a minute I was worried that you'd uncovered an island of brilliant laptop <laughs> <laughs> internet connection
1: No, it's just that the sleeve, you know, the cover sleeve had come off the book, so I had to root around for the illustrator's name. There is (gasps) very good pictures.
0: going to do now Frank? Time for a cup of tea?
1: I was going to have a cup of tea but
0: I see a strange
1: turbulence in our lagoon. <laughs> oh not again.
0: <laughs> not again. You know what? Are you? <laughs> what were you eating <laughs> for this turbulence in the lagoon? What's that strange clipping noise you're making? It's not
1: me. Is that uh, you? Have you got a Geiger counter? What is it?
0: Hang on a tickety poo. <laughs> it's a dolphin. It's only a
1: friend. dolphin, that's all.
0: It's, a, it's only a dolphin. But I'll tell you, there's something a bit weird about this dolphin. The dolphin appears to be covered in doodles, doodles. and it's jumping through the sea. It's covered in sort of strange drawings and stars and monsters. It's a, it's a brilliant monsters. dolphin. It's a
1: brilliant dolphin.
0: Hello. There's someone shouting on the back I've of the dolphin. What the snake? Are snacks. they shouting, help?
1: <laughs> <laughs> or I'm on
0: my way. What are they What are they saying? It's. it's, it's hang on. Only- <laughs>
1: That's Liz
0: Pichon. That <laughs> come ashore, Liz, Liz Pichon. Pichon.
1: Come ashore. <laughs> so I'm trying very hard. It's absolutely brilliant to have the globally famous dolphin doodler. <laughs> <laughs> Liz Pichon.
2: You say that now. <laughs> Cast
1: ashore on the island of Brilliant.
0: Depends what I've brought with me. First of all, hello. Come ashore. Hi. Liz. Come ashore. Say so, are your dolphin friends gonna just loiter here? And well, I think it's it's taking
2: me it's taking me back to watching kids' TV when you'd see f- films like you know like Flipper. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of thing you know you you kind of dream of being rescued by a dolphin. It was one of my favourite films as well. Was Splash? I remember being Splash you know, is a great film. <laughs> splash is brilliant. Bits of it have fared better than others,
0: I'd say. Yeah, it needs it I need to give splash a rewatch. I remember being a bit traumatised by Splash. I think I was quite young when I saw it. Yeah, just, you know, all the swimming
2: underwater and that kind of thing. So you kind of imagine being, um, yeah, being rescued by, by a dolphin and being able to be on their back and swimming with dolphin. It was always the thing that I always wanted to do, swim with dolphins. So, you know, well, with books either side. Well, it's,
1: we're, we're very, very happy that you've had such a lovely afternoon.
0: Thanks. <laughs>
1: I'm going to spoil it now.
0: The dolphins can stay nearby, Liz, and when you need them, you can call for them because you can Perfect. speak dolphins, yeah. can't Obviously. you? Obviously. Yeah. I, yeah. I was
2: finding it hard
0: not to sort of join in
2: the conversation with the can clicking.
0: You... <laughs> oh, that is a first. <laughs> They're responding to you, Liz. They're responding to you. So,
1: Liz Pichon, your you books have been translated into dozens of languages, but I was today years old so when I found out that they have been originally written in dolphin. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um liz is it i mean obviously we are joking about the dolphins being doodled on the dolphins are fine uh listeners don't worry about the dolphins but do you uh doodle on just about everything Liz? Um, what's the strangest thing you've been asked to doodle on oh, you know sometimes when kids give me their phones and things i'm always a bit worried about
2: that you're looking at <laughs> no. for the you know like an ipad or something you're like oh, no looks a bit expensive um that's the oddest thing. I suppose I mean, you know, I draw on my shoes, I draw on my nails. I'm just I'm just literally reaching to one side. I've got a pair no. of shoes I was Look experimenting with spiders on these. So yeah, I've drawn I always say to the kids like, get permission first. Don't don't just draw on anything. But um yeah,
0: I'm pretty much Pretty much anything, earrings. These earrings I've got on at the moment, I've drawn on those as well. Have you always done that? Because I think I need to give myself permission now, leave alone when I was a kid. I
2: I actually think I have always done stuff like that. I've always been making things. I was always the kid that would watch Blue Peter and never had the patience to wait to go and buy the proper sticky back plastic. Ah. I'd always be rummaging around the house and just try and get anything I could. So, no, I've always been, you know, I always loved making things all the time. but but, like i said not just wanted to do things immediately so anything i could do quickly um but it was my sister you know one of my sisters was completely different like she'd always go and buy the all the correct materials and the right glues and the yeah that kind of thing where i I would just be rummaging around just finding what i could and just wanted to get on with it yes same with drawing i think that's drawing and doodling as well like not having the patient like you know testing things out properly but um, I think that's a good thing, though. So
1: when you were doodling, did you create characters? Were there faces that came back and themes? Do you
2: know, it's really... It, I never really thought about because I never thought that I was going to end up doing... Stories. Writing books. Oh, story. No, not at all. It's something that I always loved doing. And I, it's only when you get asked about it now, you know, and you think back to where it started... And I found, and I actually show this to kids because I found, I've got, you know, grabbing it, I've got this pencil case. It's brilliant for podcasts. It's an old pencil <laughs> case that I found, and I've kept lots of bits and pieces in there. But one of the things I had was a little letter that I had written on it. I've been on a, it was just like a sort of camping trip or something. We've been on a school journey, and. I think I must be this is this must be early secondary school like really like the first I don't know what what what's that in in new yeah, years like, now yeah
0: 7 it, or 8
2: yeah it would be my first year, year seven. so year 7 so I will read you a little bit of it so um which made me realize that I probably have been doing this kind of thing for a long time so we'd obviously I was obviously complaining about the fact we were having to sleep in fresh air every morning <laughs> we get woken up by all sorts of twittering birds they sometimes cr- come through the window and have a look around Last night, we had a disco, and all the teachers had a better time than we did. Wow. (laughs) On the first day here, we went on a 12-mile walk, six there and six back, to a hill just to admire the view. Wasn't happy about that. We all had a good laugh at the gear Mr Fullerton wore. He looked a right twit. Nice, hey. And then in this picture, here, I'm holding it up. So I'd drawn a picture of the teacher. And labelled all his items of clothing. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes. So I've got a purple jumper, green Eric Morcombe trousers. So for those of you who don't know, Eric Morcombe was like a comedian. He used to wear very big trousers, socks, badge, black shiny boots. They stop here. So, and so I've done a little drawing. So I've obviously been doing stuff like that. Wow. No, that's
1: not just stuff, is it? That if you could slip that page into any Tom Gates book, and it would just feel completely natural. I know, it's all there <laughs> that's already. So
2: funny. I know, and in this pencil case as well, I also found delving into it. So I always tell kids to keep things and keep scrapbooks. I think so. This is obviously something that I used to make. It was quite, we've actually just put done a version because I do I write some of the um, Tom Gates TV scripts and co-write them, and it was one of the ideas that we had. It was a Tom token, and that's because I used to make these little Lizzie, what well, I called Lizzie tokens. Oh. <laughs> so for Mother's Day or for presents or anything. So this says... This token has been made for Mrs Pichon, that's my mom, very official. She may ask her to cook anything she wants. One thing only, though not too much. P.S. must be granted unless too hard. <laughs>
0: oh, that's adorable.
2: That's really lovely. So it's a, sort of a little card. So so I think I've always been, I don't, and I didn't realise that until I've looked back, but I always mm. was, was making things, writing poems, writing little silly stories, um, you know, making my own badges, trying to sort of, you know, sell cards, doing all that kind of thing. So all the stuff that I did when I was a kid, I've managed to somehow <laughs> end up doing exactly the same thing. That's oh, I'm putting it in a book. You
0: can do it, Liz. I mean, it's no small feat. I think what I love about the Tom, because as you know, bid Tom Gates fans here, and so I've enjoyed so many of them. And what I love about the Tom Gates books is he's just so immediately alive and believable. He's just, you get him straight away. You're, and you, he really sounds like, he sounds like a kid. And it's, it, the character itself, Tom, Tom itself
2: is probably based on what I was like as a kid, um, which was, you know, very enthusiastic, but very easily distracted. <laughs> and like I said, nothing's changed. Um, and I just, you know, I, I I didn't have, it took me a really long time to actually get around to writing stories I didn't start writing them until I was in my kind of mid-40s, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I did lots of illustration and I illustrated other people's books. You know, I did lots of of greeting cards and things and do lots of character design um, and album covers as well. Um, And I think all those things that I did in the past, like, you know, design, it's a bit like, it's not the same as a book cover, but actually looking at a surface and deciding, you know, how are you going to tell the story on there and and putting images together. So I think all those things that I've done in the past kind of brought me to, closer to doing picture books and learning how to do those by illustrating other people's stories and remembering the kind of stories that I used to really like when I was a kid as well. And then it just, you know, it took me about two years and I to get Tom the Tom Gates, the, the idea that I had, which was a collection of scrapbooks and, you know, mm. sticking things in and actually developing that story into... Something that I thought I would have loved reading when I was that age. and that's that's almost that's what I remember thinking like what kind of book would I have loved at that age? and yeah. I wanted to put everything in it that I loved. So it was like funny book, you know, funny stories, drawing, using all those same things that you use for a picture book. I wanted to put that in the Tom Gates book, so you have those page turning moments, um, using the different fonts, using the paper, and also I wanted to put poems in and song lyrics and music and how to make things which are at the back of the book. Um, and so that's what I did. <laughs>
0: which is which is very radical and rule-breaking and hugely innovative because when was the first Tom dates? book? 2011, I want to say? Uh, yeah, Around 2011. That? 2010, so, 2011?
2: Yeah, I mean, there was... Wimpy Kid had come out and I didn't know anything about it. I'd never even heard of it. But mm. I think that kind of helped, you know, because I think publishers were looking for something on a similar... Sort of fame, mm-hmm. which is a school, mm-hmm. but you know, we're, the style of the books it's about a child and obviously a kid, same age, and it's a school and it's funny. And but yeah. mine's not written in a diary format, but I think that kind of helps. But I have been told by sort of other um, publish you know, people in publishing that actually the success of putting more illustrations and drawings into that age group mm-hmm. because. They never used to have that many drawings and illustrations mm. in them. It was very much, we had fantastic picture books and then amazing books for older children. But the bit in the middle, yeah. Yeah. not always had lots of illustrations mm. in. So, and I think that's definitely something that's changed a lot. Like middle grade, yeah. you can't pick up a middle grade book now, as they call them, without them being stuffed with illustrations. You know, and I love that. I think yeah. there's room for everything. And I think you know, good illustrations help to tell an extra story just like we were talking about with picture books you know that wonderful thing that you get one story with the text and then you get another story totally different that when you look at the illustrations
0: we've discussed this I'm sure I will never understand why people equate drawings and illustrations with some kind of dumbing down or some kind of the older you get the less drawings you can enjoy I don't understand who made that Decision and why that's so pervasive—it makes no sense.
1: It's like those illuminated manuscripts of the Middle Ages—they're yeah. for dummies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Book of hours, yeah. eh? What a chump! <laughs> you know?
2: Yes, yeah, it is. I don't know where that happens. I think that I, I once had a chat with a teacher once who was telling me how much all the kids really enjoyed reading the books and how it got them into reading, and then she said. And it takes us ages to wean them off your books, to get them reading, getting (laughs) really real books, you know, books of lots of text, you know, and I mean, there's just room for everything. And I said, well, why would you want to do that? Just to
1: roll back a bit, I think, you know, you're saying illustrations and and that's right, but like, these are not illustrations in the sense to me, illustration is something that illustrates something in the text. You're telling stories through pictures and through the physicality of the book. You know both both of you. You know because that's happening in Grimwood too, and when I was growing up, Molesworth. That the book itself feels alive. It feels like like a, like when you watch a movie that breaches the fourth wall or something like that. That you're playing. And that I mean, I don't want to be a highbrow about it, but it goes back to Lawrence Stern and uh, Justin Shandy, where the black page and the diagrams and like that that these are, it's like a story that's burst out of just simple sentences. Yeah. And that's what's really, uh, really excited about Tom Gates to me, is that it's somehow a page turner. They're really, I mean, you, you can't put them down. You really can't put Tom Gates' book down. But that's <laughs> not because it's got an incredibly driven narrative. It's because he's holding your hand and you kind of can't get away from him.
2: That sounds slightly sinister, but I know <laughs> what you mean, though. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it is very. I think because it's like I completely believe that Tom is doodling.
1: Yes, that's what it is.
0: I absolutely believe it. it that every time it feels he, like it's happening
1: in real time.
0: Yeah, like he can't resist drawing Delia, his sister, his goth moody sister Delia, who, by the way, I love. Um, <laughs> and he always has to draw a picture of her. And it's hilarious. And, um,
1: but and when he, when he says other oh, kids are looking over his shoulder. And he's writing messages in the yeah. book for them. <laughs> I totally yeah. get that. You know, so I think it's that, isn't it? That you're sharing his time frame somehow.
2: And I wanted to write about things as well. That I think that's one of the reasons you, that lots of kids in lots of different countries uh, have been enjoying them because I'm writing about things that are happening in childhood that hopefully don't date as well.
0: Yeah.
2: That it doesn't matter, you know, I, th- I think there are some things in childhood that will always be the same. Um, so i don 't really put very much technology in there, and i 'm more interested in the small details of school life and <laughs> family life and the things that children will recognize as well yeah, and, is, i yeah. mean that was a that was a reason as well, yeah. apart from being because you have to draw it a lot of, and not making- not making the clothes too specific and not being very specific yeah. about what where it was set and so that children could imagine themselves in there.
1: This is something naji yeah. and I were talking about back in the days when we were talking to each other was, um, (laughs) no, when we were still talking to each other, when we were still friends, but we were talking about the fact that. (laughs) You do so much with so little. I think like the temptation when you're writing any story is to keep piling more and more and more stuff on. Whereas you just lean more and more and more into the small things of life. And you get so much, you get so much out of so little and that's very yeah. that's really really hard I'm
0: quite envious it's really, it's a really hard skill and it's a very it's the, the writing is so great Liz and we're not just going to tell you how great <laughs> we are I promise I'm always like hmm I suppose I have to write another book more characters, more escalation let's make it more, you know more 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 you wrote a book uh, one of the Tom Dates books and forgive me because I can't remember exactly so the I, name I can't remember which one them. it was <laughs> But what was genius about it is that Tom and Delia are left on their own for a bit and Delia wants to go to the shopping centre to get her book signed and they get trapped in a lift and then eventually they get out and yeah, that's, if you're describing the plot to someone, that's what happens. (laughs) That's what happens and it sounds very small but the book is not small, it's hilarious and you kind of focus in on all the little emotions and interactions they have throughout that very domestic, but Crucially, very recognisable day for well, kids. Well, is
2: that, it's that thing as well, because when I first started, you know, the amount of book I wrote to begin with that actually got publishers interested wasn't very big. You know, I did, mm. I wrote it in a, in a school exercise book. And then suddenly, you know, it got sent off and I got seven offers from seven different publishers, which has never wow. happened. And I was a wow. bit like, oh, no, now." now I have to write something and I'd never written anything longer than a picture book and even those Mm. some of the picture books I'd written had never seen the inside of a bookshop you know Mm, mm. so I had to work out how to do it and you and I've talked about this before Our love of comics as well yeah Um, and I think because I think very visually and I'm thinking about what the story will look like and some of the things that I can put in that's how I started to do it I started to do it very visually and just started to write down really random things so I split up the books into school terms and the kind of thing that would happen in each school term Oh, nice. Um, and you know it could be something really simple like you know Tom gets a haircut Yep. Buying school shoes, you know, or packed lunches or snacks. I think that's one of the reasons why snacks and food feature a lot. Caramel yep. wafers, particularly. I mean, that was just something I remember doing when I was a kid. You know, I used to sort of mm. play. You come back from school, you'd be you'd be obsessed by what you're going to eat as soon as yeah, you come back from school. So yep. And then that never changes. You know, you're I'd be no. thinking like, what am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? You know, yeah. toast. You know, you'd raid the sort of biscuit tins that horrible thing that i think s- children still have now where you'd see like a tin of quality street or something and you'd open it thinking oh, biscuits or sweets and it would be full of um
0: sewing <laughs> kit <kick>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> ba- batteries and charges. batteries you'd be like, oh it's no they so empty empty so
1: origami to look like real things so um, yeah. Since you've raised the subject, where's the snack, baby? You're supposed to bring us a snack. What did you bring <laughs> a us? Snack.
0: Frant, Frant.
2: I
1: know, a snack. Frank! Frank! a rude
0: way know, of addressing i like, no, just right. pleased to
2: see me. You just want the <laughs> snacks. Well, I, I think know. everyone's going to assume that I'll bring a caramel wafer, but actually the no. snack oh, no. that really... Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Another snack <laughs> disappointment. Just go, on. go on. Another that's snack. Frant, it's going to have to Frant. be toast. <gasps> yeah, I mean, okay. that toast... Mm. Toast is the thing that I think I would... I, I could not eat potatoes oh. rice bread anything but ask me to give up bread or toast and i'd be like oh,
1: no
0: well and let's get specific are we talking what kind of bread just and any what level of any any kind of bread any like thick white crusty bread mm, okay. and what, but how, you know, how, any kind how of bread toasted? Though. Very nice,
2: toasted toasted butter marmite no, anything like it. that but just toast the smell of toast mm. um and yeah it's always the Te- it's the perfect snack, I Toast think. is
1: very bound up with real creativity, I think. Toast. Is it? <laughs> yeah, I think if you're in a band as a teenager, it was really like a gang of people making toast is what a band is. You just sit in a, the kitchen and make a lot of toast. And there's a really great bit in um, Michael Bradley's. Michael Bradley was the g- guitarist in The Undertones. He's got mm-hmm. a fantastic section about making toast and his, his mum said that he, at the O'Neill's house they only had toast done on one side because his mum said do you think I've got time to toast the toast on two sides for the likes of you? <laughs> so that one-sided <laughs> well, toast That was the eye-level grill Yeah, the eye-level it? grill It's just like yes. one side, yes. mate Yeah I yeah. know.
0: Oh, I don't like one-sided toast I mean, that's, that's I know that's not the point you're making, but Liz, that's how I used to do is the toast, toast
2: doodles. Toast is.
0: Yeah, toast. yeah. So tell us about. I need to hear about the toast doodles. Liz. Well, toast doodle toast was because
2: doodles. you had the eye level grill, and mm. I worked out as a kid that I put the toast in, and if I ran around the garden twice, the toast <laughs> would be perfect, perfectly Whoa. done. Yeah. And but what I didn't want to do <laughs> is that if the that somebody would pinch my toast while I was running around <gasps> the garden, because that's like you know my sister. Somebody would come oh. in and go, oh, that's. I'll have that bit of toast. So I would poke my finger in it especially if it's like soft white bread you poke a face you do a smiley face or i'd write my name in my finger like poke it in so that actually when the toast was yes. done on the top you would see that it would say liz or i'd have a smiley face on it or something and then of course this nobody would amazing. want to eat it because you'd already shoved your finger in there so or you'd offer oh it i up, love so.
0: that i'm gonna start doing that because you can't stealthily toast toast can you because what everyone knows that smell and then yeah, everyone exactly. comes a running so, uh, so technically, the I need a
2: toaster as well. Or I suppose if you built a fire, you could do uh, no, 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 we could do it over
1: You're a not fire. are just giving a toaster, you can do it on the fire.
0: Would you have just a quick snack, um, just to stay on toast, do you like salted butter or do you put unsalted butter on and then put salt on the unsalted what? butter? No, that's the Which sort I of thing know, my mum would do. I, so I I am a salted butter person. I have heard of people who use unsalted butter and then sprinkle butter on uh, salt on top oh, separately.
2: No, just, you know, whatever... And also the, the old butter as well, like it was really hard. So you'd have to sort of, you know, cut a great oh. big slice of it and then try and sort of wedge two pieces of toast together so
0: it would melt yes. in the middle as well. You have to do a very thin, sli- thin slivers.
1: Not really. Exactly.
0: Give, them rest, that, give them some rest in time on the toast so they melt. See, my mum no, used to put hard fridge, hard yeah. butter, that's what you do, isn't it?
2: My mum used to put like um, salt on porridge, which always used to
0: make oh. me go... Ugh. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, sorry. I,
2: I get excited about Snapchat. So it's all those things excited. that all those food particularly and sweets mm. and food bring there's something about it that just brings back all those memories of childhood. And when you think about sweets as well, like how important they were as a kid, because usually yeah. you have to decide, you know, you had that big decision about what you're going to buy with your pocket money. What kind of sweets? And that was always a really big deal, wasn't it? Like what Massive. what what are you going to spend your money on? And then it was like, well, who are you going to share them with? <laughs> are you going to share them? It's cu-
0: well, it's currency, yeah, isn't it? It's currency. It's, it's, currency it's, yeah, isn't it? it's our introduction into into wealth and currency.
2: So oh. all the, all those things are things that bring back those sort of childhood memories and feature in the books. I also, again, my dad used to sell sweets as well, so we were always really. <gasps> Did what? he? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. What? Tell us more. Why did your dad sell sweets?
2: My dad he used to work. Um, there was a big there was a factory in London in Bermondsey called Shuttleworths. It was for Roundtree macintosh. So it was like a Quaker company, and as my dad used to work as a salesman there, so he'd go and sell some of their sweets. And then the factory closed down. But weirdly, because it was a in the middle of the East End, you know, had a it had a op- it had a round open air swimming pool. <laughs> For oh the goodness. people that uh, you can go online and look if you type in Shuttleworth's Chocolate Factory, Round Tree yeah. you see there are some old photographs. And as a kid I can remember my dad would occasionally bring me down there and I'd be allowed to swim in this open air pool and was it all the was, was it just water in the out. pool or
1: was it were you swimming in it's chocolate?
2: Just water, Not swimming in chocolate, okay. but the smell, you know, you can still remember. But when yeah. the factory closed down, oh. him and some other members of it, the, they set up their own company. And they used to sell... I think it was called confectionery sales. And they, they used to sell loose sweets. And so they were the first people that sort of did pick and mix. <gasps> oh, my around, goodness. Around Your dad invented country. pick and mix. I don't know they invented it, but they used, to, they used to have these units that weren't very attractive. It was before Woolworths did it. So he would kind of like... He had these great big bags of sweets that were... I mean, they weren't brilliant. They were all sort of boiled sweets and fudges <laughs> and things like that. But he would have to take them like drive them to the sweet shops all around the country and they'd be in the back of the car and you know with a blanket over them but so you see the kids in, the, in our street because you know we all play out on the street they'd all have their faces pressed up against my dad's <laughs> car <laughs> with all the sweets in them oh that's so, fantastic <clears throat> probably, that's so cool yeah probably that it, that explains a lot about the state of my teeth though i think
0: oh mm-hmm. you've got you're beautiful yeah. <laughs> um do you so when you were that age and you were going to the swimming pool and all the rest of it, you, you touched before briefly on the kind of books yeah, that you liked like that. to read when you were younger. Um, what were they or books, comics, or whatever they were? Oh, what, I mean, what were your big loads enthusiasm? Of, loads of
2: comics, obsessed yeah. by Beano and Topper. I've got a, I've got a photograph of when I was about four years old with my sort of playing cards and things and all my pile of comics. Love that. And I used to, I was looking, that was featured <sighs> massively in my life as well, so, Jack and Ori. Yeah.
0: Little nose. Little nose.
2: I can still remember the guy, this guy who used to read it, like watching Jack and Jackanory. This is making me feel
0: so old. <laughs> Don't worry, Liz. Frank is
1: always older. Old. <laughs> I'm always older. However old you are, I'm older. Frank is always older. So I remember, I re- I remember nice. Little Nose when it was science fiction, you know, when mammoths were like in the future. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't know what Little Nose is can you explain It wasn't so much the story I remember I just remember watching Jack and Rory And what you was...
1: remember is John Grant's voice John Grant was the guy who yes, wrote Yes his it. voice a Scottish voice this telling the voice story oh, okay. that he would write, yeah. A Little Nose the Hunter it was very 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 lilting and very beautiful <laughs> and very quite high pitched and he wore a, a fair isle sweater that looked as though it had been you know knitted hand knitted in On
2: the picture though he's got like a nice Polar neck Yeah, hair. but he
1: actually bought the sweater in, mm-hmm. in uh, Woolworths just before his first Chakanori appearance, but it did look as though he'd just swept down from somewhere where the Ice Age was still lingering to read the stories, <laughs> and it was amazing. And it's something important about that is that how we remember voices, I think, you know.
2: It's, that's so tied up with, you know, thinking about... I can still remember my mum putting on um, Peter and the Wolf as a record, and listening to the music and the storytelling and one of the things that i remember as well because i've got older brothers and sisters they put on an album called the point which was by a guy called nielsen who's storytelling as well and that whole thing about looking at an album looking at um sleeve notes looking at the pictures listening to the music listening to the stories those are all things that i think have really influenced me and You know, I've I've tried to do all that sort of the same sort of thing in the Tom Gates book, so it's really sort of tied up, even from like listening to, you know, the television programs that I watched as well. You know, Mm. the fact that you know I loved banana splits and the double deckers and all those sort of things with stories. I
1: love banana splits.
2: Yes, remember that. So
1: you show me a banana with a million dollars, and I'll show you a rich banana. (laughs) Oh no, it's the sour sour grape bunch. bunch.
2: (laughs) Yes. And I've got another book here that was a really big influence on me. It's called The Bad Speller. Oh, yeah. And it's by William Stieg. Oh, and lovely. Um, it's very simple. It's just, it's basically somebody gave this to me because I was so bad at spelling and still I am. Um, and it was American, a friend of my mum's, American lady. And she thought I'd enjoy this because it's all written um, phonetically. Like oh. that. So, it, Brilliant. and they're just like little... My oh my, <laughs>
1: and is that the same William Steak no, who wrote what? Shrek?
2: Yes, okay. yeah, that's it. So it's the same book. So it says, "My oh my, is she surprised to see a flower of such great size?" And the whole thing you have to kind of de- figure it out, decipher, you know, that's yeah, figure yeah, it out because yeah. it's all written weirdly and phonetically. And that's the thing gorgeous. I loved about this book it was it wasn't really you know, it wasn't a story. Number one, it was funny and yeah. you know animal musicians playing on various instruments there we go <laughs> i mean some. that's
0: fantastic and we'll it have made to put me some laugh of these pictures online
2: it made me feel less bad about not being able to spell because i thought it was actually quite an interesting thing yeah. and i loved the little quirky black and white illustration. so it was a whole yeah. thing about just everything working on those different mm-hmm. levels so i've still got this one which was given that's to me that's gorgeous and this one I'm, I'd love to talk to you about as well, because lots of people don't realise, but, but my son is very dyslexic. My son didn't learn. He's 33 now. Mm-hmm. 32. That's <laughs> But he didn't learn to read until he was 11. Mm-hmm. So we went through and he really, really could not read or write mm. at all. Mm-hmm. And we had to go, you know. To go through the whole sort of system of getting him out, mm. out of school and into a specialist dyslexic school. But one of the books that I really enjoyed reading with him <clears throat> are these Fox books. Do you know these, oh, yeah. James Marshall? Yeah. You do know yeah, them? Great.
0: I don't know them. Oh, they're
2: so them. funny. They're, do you like them, Frank?
1: Yeah, they're fantastic.
2: They are really funny. Um, And it's just like Fox has got an attitude. Yeah. So particularly when he was, you know, like my son being older and having to read books that were sort of, you know, That looked younger. They were just really funny and they were books that I really enjoyed reading out loud to him as well. And I was just sort of reminding myself about them. You'll enjoy this. Just the idea as well. There's Fox who's playing guitar. (laughs) So they're American. So James Master is American. So he says Fox's mum is on the phone. Fox would love to help, said Mum. I'll send him right over. I won't do it, said Fox. Whatever it is. I'm playing rock star. (laughs) So he says, Mrs. Ling across the street needs you to babysit for her, said Mum. Why don't you do it, said Fox. I'm having a rest, said Mum. Now hurry up. No, said Fox. And that's that. Oh, really? So you turn over the page and obviously Fox is at the Linkins' house straight away. Yeah. So it's just course. like, it's so, I, what I loved about them is just the way that they could get so much in, in such yeah. a short space of time. You know, like you, you know immediately that Fox has got a bit of an attitude. Yeah. And it's that he attitude that allows you to get
1: stuff in, isn't it? It's because attitude is character. Yeah. And he's definitely... He's not a cipher at all he's definitely got that edge
2: no
0: so but I, I like that like you're saying that fluidity between the language being quite straightforward and, and easy to grasp but the but the tone yes. of the book and the characterization is a bit older and I sometimes then with the way that we're siloed with in, within publishing you miss out on those lovely books that can kind of splash around between the two do you know what I mean um, and, and I it, was, I it was
2: also it's really important that you know we'd pick up books and we'd read them out loud and, and just laugh as well, like funny books. Yeah. Were just you know It's great having stories that would really get your imagination going. And get well, your voice but,
1: going, because funny books are the ones that yeah. ask you, are, are asking you to read this bit out, aren't they? They're the bits where you, where you stop whoever's near you, whoever you love, saying, listen to this. And Tom Gates does that all the time.
2: Thanks. Oh, no, every I know. Everything. I try my best. Book twenty I'm on, I'm just starting to think of ideas for book twenty two and I don't know about it. Can you I ask you something this. very personal 22. then? Are they a
1: joy to write or is it a pain to write? Are they hard work? Do you know,
2: every single they are a lot harder work than they look <laughs> because I think kids will literally plow through them. They read yes. them really quickly. But because of all the things that we talked about, you know, how I spend a lot of time actually working out where to put things on the page how to tell the story, you know, what illustrations you're going to put in. And you don't want to repeat yourself. Obviously, I'm book 22 now. So at the beginning of every book, I'm always, I always have that horrible feeling in the pit of your stomach that you're just not going to have any ideas. (laughs) And you just go, no, what am I going to write about this time? You know, what can I do? And then Mm. slowly, I don't know about you guys, but I always, I'm always collecting funny pictures or if I hear something and I just sort of keep writing them in a notebook and take photographs of things and there just might be one or two things that you put down that Mm. you see you think oh that could be the start of something that's quite a funny story and then I just try and put things down very randomly and don't worry about what order I'm putting them in or you know how it's going to end up or where it goes I just try and get it out of my head and onto a piece of paper and then slowly then you'll start and you have to do it to I always start the writing process and think you, you, if you're not enjoying it if you're not enjoying it while you're doing it to, at least to a certain extent then it's there's always that bit a bit like building work where in the middle of it you always look at it and go oh my god this is horrendous <laughs> yes. this is awful I can't believe I've written this this is the worst book yeah. I've ever done oh this is this is it you know somebody's going to tap me on the shoulder and said you know, well done you know, it's over now it's over yeah. now <laughs> go and find something else to do and then slowly it kind of starts coming together hopefully and you know because i do
0: all the designing and do the covers and end papers and everything i mean you do so much i should say not to sorry to talk over you but it just made me think when you were talking about all your influences and how broad they are you kind of create that with the world of tom gates there are records There's a whole world there's a universe there is there's because the, you do the practical books as well don't you like the how to draw books and then you do the you've got a there, there is a record isn't there there is it's a record There record. is an album then mark and, done, and i write you've all the you've songs done for tours. It. yeah it's <laughs> it's, it's <really> amazing <laughs> well, I it's I not think, just books you've made this whole
2: universe i think part of that as well is because i i don't know about you but i mean but I found, you know, I mean, I wasn't I I was, I was planning on doing, being a, an author or an illustrator. And so suddenly you're in this world mm. that you have to, you suddenly get asked to do events. And yeah, the idea, can't. somebody who was struggled at school with reading, the, I mean, even just reading out aloud in the class used to break, make me break out in a cold sweat. The mm. fact of doing it to so many children yes. with teachers and everyone waiting mm-hmm. for you, I re—I I, realised that I had to find a way somehow to be able to do this and to enjoy it because otherwise it was just going to be awful. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't yeah. sleep the night before an event. The first time I picked up a pen to do a drawing in front of a class, my hand was shaking so much I had to put the pen down. I didn't realize that panel events you know how much I sort of turned up thinking I was just going to have a chat and be asked questions I didn't, didn't realize how much preparation everyone did Yeah. <laughs> no? yeah. yeah. so I, that was part of it of just trying to find a way to be able to communicate what I wanted to and also to encourage the children so the drawing part of it I suddenly realized that actually the style that I developed for the books kids could really copy and they could feel successful about it and then I started showing them other things, you know, like how to make things in paper. And then I, that's why I started drawing on my shoes, because all the kids yeah. were sitting on the ground in assembly. And then they suddenly spot your shoes and they go, oh, look, oh. she's drawn on her shoes. Yeah. And for me, having coming from a, come from a background where I used to do album covers and, you know, music, it felt like a it felt like I'm trying to sort of show children. These are your stories and your ideas that you have in your life. You get them out of your head and you do a little drawing. And then you can take that drawing and then maybe you can do something else with it. That you could put mm-hmm. it on a T-shirt mm-hmm. or you could do a design. <clears throat> and just showing them, or you write a lyric, then you might make a song. So it's just showing them how you take those stories and take those ideas and how they can develop into other things as well. Um, and that's, that was, that, it started off of just being a way to communicate to the children um, how to do the books, you know, how, yeah. how, how was I was going to talk to them about. And then it started to be like, well, I've got all these lyrics in the book. We've written Tom's in a band. Wouldn't it be fun if, you know, we re- really actually turned it into a band and got some guys to sing and, you know, put a band together. And, and so we started to do that as well. But it was partly because, you know, I'm doing events, I'm talking about the same character all the time. And I was trying to find different ways for it to be interesting and to talk to, to people about and
0: expanding that world so it has yeah. kind of grown um, it really has yeah and what i think is amazing is that people might not realize because tom gates is such a success rightly so and it's one of those you know few well i don't know how to say this diplomatically <laughs> <not> <laughs> non-celeb driven kind of super, you know super uh, superpowers yeah. In, in yeah super brands in, in in books but what i love and what I maybe people don't realize is how much it's so it's you, it's like your you. thumbprints are all yeah. over everything, well, I mean, and it's really organic. And it's that's really it's like got you've that, really pushed it. That's it's amazing. why it's got
1: that truth, and that's why it's got that heart. There's nothing calculated about it. Just listen to you. You are Tom Gates, you know. <laughs> no, <laughs> but you are the toast and everything. <laughs> mm. There's this, there's this great line. Well, if it makes people, Go on, sorry. I was
2: going to say, if it makes people feel better, you know. Like the first, I don't think, no, none of the supermarkets took it in the early days, and some of the bookshops didn't take it. Either. Wow. so it really it started off you know and I did lots of work with going into schools and libraries and things like that and talking to librarians and actually it was um it was that you know that started off that kids really and the librarians particularly suddenly mm-hmm. realized that there was a book that actually would get kids into picking up books if they were unconfident readers or they were reluctant yeah. so that really helped and then the kids would read it and then pass it on to their friends so it didn't you know it didn't happen overnight and no. then you have that thing where you know the books are doing really well and then how do you keep doing them and how could, how can you still make them that they're really interesting all that a new generation of children are going to discover them and so that was part of all the other things of trying to make it so that you know there's now a music book so kids can learn how to play the songs and making it and you know, when you were a kid as well, if somebody starts dialing it in, you know, you it, absolutely do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. So I, I always have that in the back of my mind Like if I'm a Tom Gates fan, if I'm picking up a book, I want to see that there's something that I recognize, you know, you know the characters, the different characters. But but also you want to see that there's something else in there that's really interesting as well. Keep keep your keep your level of activities up and, and not skimping on the storyline. So hopefully that's that's how I always start the books off.
0: Do you still feel a hunger to do more? Do you still feel enthusiastic about doing more? Well, or kind of what's in what's on the horizon for you? We've just got a new the series
2: three of Tom Gates TV, which I was really involved, you know, working out what 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 that was going to be about. So we've got that coming out next year. And no, I'm definitely, you know, I've got other books that I want to, and other stories and other things. So you're always thinking about different things as well. But I am doing something new, though. I am doing something new. <gasps>
0: Oh, what can, you, can you tell us anything or not really?
2: No, it, no, it came, <laughs> it came. It did come out in the bookseller a few weeks ago, but it did make it sound like I was not doing any Tom Gates. So, this is actually a good opportunity to say, No, I still am. But I'm okay. doing something for younger children and in exactly Ooh. the same way, not really young. So, I'm not doing picture books. So, it's kind of like five to seven. Mm. So, I'm doing a lot of world building at the moment. Wow. And all the things that we talked about, I've been making little characters. So, it's much more. Um, set in a world of imagination, and funnily enough, yeah. my one is on, which I didn't realise. So mine is set on the Isle of Smile. <laughs> hey, just next door.
1: <laughs> yeah, we can actually see it on a good day.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you can see it. There you go. Yeah. So the little characters—they're called the Mubbles—and um, they're going to be having lots of the, the mubbles. mubbles. Yes, the Mubbles. The Mubbles. So the Mubbles. Oh. Are, we've got the Slug of Knowledge. <gasps> so Mark's been writing, so we're writing lots of songs and music and things that. Oh, gonna this go sounds it. amazing! Um, I'm really looking. So it's exciting. When can
0: we? When? When will we be able to visit the Isle of Smile um, and meet the Mubbles? Well, we're doing
2: it kind of flipping it round a bit, and we're actually going to be doing um, lots of music and building up that side of it first. And the bu- books won't come out until 2025. Okay,
0: so but we'll meet them before that. Yes, you
2: will. There'll be there'll be Mubbles activity oh, going on, which exciting. is exciting.
0: But Okay, well, that all sounds amazing, Liz. I can hear, um, I can hear the vague call of your doodle dolphins, Liz. Restless oh. dolphins. they Oh, but do I do I have dolphins. to leave you a book
1: though? Yeah, you do. Or is that
0: too late? Well, if you could, I mean, it would be lovely if you could leave. Behind well, some I'm going
2: books. to leave. I something I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave the Stinky Cheese Man oh, yes. and other fairly oh, stupid stories, yes. which Brilliant. I absolutely love. I love, and that's by John Sheska and Lane Smith. Yes. And my, my pronunciation on that is probably pretty bad. But um that's a
0: No notes, neither of us stepped into help. Yeah. I don't know either. So you're it's fine. Stinky. Yes, the
2: <laughs> stinky cheese man and other fairly cheese. stupid tales. So that's a that I think that's a that's a really good I like I like the sort of disruptive element of the fairy stories and my fa- favourite one is the the very ugly duckling who basically just grew up to be a very ugly duck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Live
1: with <What's>
0: it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Liz. Thank you so much for this, and thank you for coming this to visit really us on great. our strange oh, island. Well, it's been honor. a delight. A of course, it is. It was an honour. <laughs> um, now, do you need a hand getting back to these dolphins? Well, I think we way wade out and you
1: there close to get on the dolphins' back.
0: I, I shall put a dolphin on
2: underneath either foot and and go off oh, like of I'm um, of water skiing, oh, yes. waving,
0: hi,
2: yes. riding the waves.
0: All right, well, before you do that, let's have a little cuddle goodbye. Lovely to see you. Oh, you too. <laughs> Thanks for the
1: book. Here's a manly handshake from me.
2: You know, actually, before I go, I'm just going to collect some shells. You're taking some shells? Yeah, yeah. don't what take that one. Don't, that, like, that's the you? that's the convenient
1: no. shell. Don't touch that oh, shell. Oh, not that. Nope, oh, yes. that's the Emily Travel shell. That conch shell. I'll yeah. probably
2: make something from it. That's what I'll do.
1: That's me conch.
2: As long
0: as you've not got the special conch. Yeah.
2: Yes, well, that's illegal. So, And you're not allowed to take stones from beaches either. Yeah. I, I
0: just found that out. No, you're not. No, bye, you're not. Right,
1: Liz. Take care. Lots of <laughs> no, love. Bye, Liz peace Bye,
0: on. Liz. Bye. 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 Oh, that was a close one, France. She almost took the conch. She did need to take the conch. That would have been an absolute she's disaster. A sort of light-fingered
1: bird, that one. I don't know.
0: You've got to watch her. You've got to watch her. Um, shall we, seeing as the conch is safe and sound, shall we maybe pick it up yeah. and see if Emily Jabble from Book Trust is still trapped within? Hello, hello. And if she's got any book recommendations for us? You're not going to give
1: the... Watch a little toot first, Alerta.
0: You do it, because okay. I'm rubbish. It. Go on.
3: Hi, Frank. Hi, Nadia. It's Emily Drabble from Book Trust reaching you through this amazing conch shell. The fact that I'm getting my messages through like this is proof that children's books are so magical. It's quite incredible, isn't it? And the books will arrive by Hot Air Balloon this week. Now, do you know it's actually non fiction November? To celebrate, I want to tell you about two non fiction books. The first is A World of Dogs, written by Carly Sorosayak and beautifully illustrated by Louisa Arib. Keen readers may know the author, as she also wrote a brilliant novel from a dog's point of view. It's called I Cosmo. She wrote this World of Dogs book after adopting an American dingo puppy called Danny and she pledged to find out everything about her. This ignited her curiosity about all things dog, from why is their sense of smell so amazing to doggy ancient history to hero dogs. and All this passion has been put into a book which makes it a truly brilliant example of non-fiction. It's fascinating enough for a 7 plus kid to read from cover to cover. I've got a 10-week-old puppy next to me here called Frida who has been reading this book and we are really inspired. She was thrilled by the story of a great Dane who ate 26 sofas. (laughs) My second non-fiction recommendation is JT Williams' Bright Stars of Black British History, illustrated by Angela Vives for a 10-plus audience. The book takes us through black British history from Romans on in detail, mainly via fascinating biographies of individuals. But there is also some historical context and it adds up to a really brilliant read. We meet John Blank, a talented trumpeter of the Tudor court, the amazing Ignatius Sancho, who was a famous letter writer of the 1700s and the first black man to vote in the UK, and Omoba Aina, also known as Sarah Forbes Bonetta, an African princess known as a perfect genius. The book is beautifully researched and the stories are told so well by JT Williams, who's also a writer of fiction, and so she knows how to tell a good yarn. This book is a real treasure trove. Now I want you to feel cozy and I hope you have some fleeces and duvets on the island. Or is it always tropical? Mm, I'm not sure. In any case, Your Love, The Snow Girl by Sophie Anderson which is a stunningly beautiful retelling of the classic fairy tale, The Snow Maiden. It's got serious frozen vibes. Something terrible happened to Tasha a year ago, which has made her fearful of everything and inward-looking. So when she, her mum and dad, move to help her grandpa on his farm, Tasha stays close to the house and isn't interested in making new friends. But Tasha adores seeing snow for the first time and builds a beautiful snow girl with her grandpa. Miraculously, the snow girl comes alive at night. Her name is Alanya. And for the first time in so long, Tasha has a best friend and she has the confidence to go on adventures. The more they play, the more snow falls. Tasha wants Alanya to stay forever. But if she does, the winter will stay and her grandpa's life is at risk. So can Tasha face the fears of her past and ask Alanya, to, the snow girl, to end winter? This is a perfectly written story, a real classic tale. And the physical book, I Have the hardback, is honestly a cherishable work of art, highly recommended. Now I want to tell you about Neil Gaiman's What You Need to Be Warm, published by Bloomsbury in support of the UN Refugee Agency. And it's so incredibly illustrated by a host of geniuses from Chris Riddell to Nadine Cardine to Oliver Jeffers. So in 2019, Neil Gaiman asked his Twitter followers, what reminds you of warmth? and he wrote this poem inspired by the replies to raise money for refugees. The result is this stunning, thoughtful book about comfort, warmth, what happens when you're forced to flee and how kind acts of strangers can bring warmth back and essentially about safeguarding fundamental human rights to seek safety. It's an important, beautiful book for all ages. Finally, let me recommend you read the hilarious picture book Heavy Metal Badger by Duncan Beedy. Badger has a lot of music inside him, but he can't get on with learning the recorder. The church choir doesn't work for him, nor does the marching band. He's just too loud and wild. He gets quite upset. The music inside me is out of control. But then Badger finds a heavy rock band to join. He finds his tribe. In a world where children are often required to sit nice and quiet, this book will be a haven for a louder kid who might worry that they'll never fit in. And it has a load of great puns and visual jokes for the adult reader, too. It's full of joy. Well, I hope you love these books. Happy reading, guys! Oh,
0: that was a lovely roundup from Emily, wasn't it, Frank? It was
1: beautiful. It was really lovely. Well
0: I tell you what, though, all that toast chat toast. means that all I, all I really want to do is lie beneath this tree I'm and get to you toast. to make me some toast. Make a little fire.
1: And because it's you, Nadia, I'm going to make that toast on two sides.
0: Both sides, please. Lots of salted butter. And I'm going to sit here, munch on some toast, and listen to the ukulele lady Off Trio play us out. Thank you to them. Thank you for, to Emily Drabble from Book Trust. Thank you, of course, to Liz Pichon and thank you to is there anyone I've forgotten French nope (laughs) (gasps) brutal I think you need to say a
1: big thank you to that lovely bird Jeff Jeff Bird our producer
0: lovely tropical bird Jeff Bird thank you everyone see you very soon